Good evening and welcome to episode two of my podcast. It's Pain with a Purpose. Um, this is episode two, back the background part two. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode, I advise you to. Um, not only that, but I'll give you like a high overview. And of course, I appreciate each and every person that listens to my podcast. It is a journey for me, um, but I want to take you on that journey with me because my thought process is pain with a purpose is we all go through pain. It doesn't have to be other pain that I go through. It doesn't have to be a physical pain. It can be emotional pain. It can be mentally, mental pain. Um, When we talk about mental health. Um, As I continue to go on this journey, I will talk about all of them. I will talk about the mental. I will talk about the physical. I will talk about the emotional. The emotional toll that it took on me the mental toll that it took on me uh, in my relationships Uh, I had people come in and out of my life I had people who just disappeared (laughs) and I understand and to this day I don't give a shit Um, I gave a shit back then but now I do not the people that are in my life are meant to be there. And I just feel like I'm not going to beg anybody uh, to take my journey, take take the journey of friendship or anything else with me. I'm not going to beg. You're either here or you're not. One or the other. Um, so uh, just to kind of give you a background of episode one, um, I discussed a physical element of physical pain that landed me in the hospital um and we left off where i was actually in the icu uh at vanderbilt and um i pick up where my doctor had ordered um a spinal tap and i had to have the room sterilized which mean nobody else could be in the room except the doctors. It was two doctors that were in there with me to do the spinal tap. Um, I'm just going to tell you, my doctor has ordered two spinal taps in four years outside of this very first one that I had when I was in the hospital. And I refuse to go to either one of them. I have not had a spinal tap since then. And I've told her, um, that is just something I'm not gonna do again. You're not messing with my spine again. Like, I truly, if I can stay away from my spine, you can do whatever, just about anything else to me. I do not want you messing with my spine. Um, it was a very, very excruciating pain. Um, I've had an epidural spinal taps are much much worse much much worse um 
And I had like an effect afterwards where I was just in extreme pain. So just imagine I was in extreme pain already because there's a lesion on my head and we're trying to get that to calm down as they call it, calm it down. And now on top of that pain, I have extra pain because I can't move because I didn't had a, a, a reaction to the spinal tap. And so they're like, you got to drink a lot of caffeine, got to drink a lot of caffeine. So my best friend, God bless her soul, because she came in clutch when it got me a whole bunch of Starbucks and full throttles. And I was just knocking them back. I was just knocking them back because at this point, I just want some relief. Even to this day, to this day, I just be wanting relief. I am grateful for the days that I don't have pain. And I'm also grateful for the days I do have pain because yesterday's pain might not be today's pain. Today's pain might be a little bit less and I can tolerate it a little bit more. But it's not the same. And I'm grateful for both. Um, and I'll, As I continue on this journey, you'll... I'm hoping what you would take away is that you would grow with me uh, some of the things that I grew to learn um, in these past four years. is probably the most growth I've done, <laughs> to be honest. And what I mean by that is me as a person, spiritually me, uh, me as myself, loving myself, it it like I said it was it was definitely it has definitely been a journey and I'm grateful for it um so I eventually am able to be stable enough to go home the lesion is not gone from my brain I still have to do outpatient treatments at the Vanderbilt MS clinic so my next question to my doctor was do I have MS and she said no what you have is a CIS now I always get this acronym messed up because all I think about is CSI and although I didn't watch the original CSI I do love me some CSI Miami loved it I loved Horatio I thought maybe I would have been a cop in another life um I really do uh, <laughs> really really do and love that show um but the disease or the diagnosis of my hospital visit was called a clinical isolated syndrome now you wonder what the fuck does that even mean what that mean because I wondered it too um what it means is the very first attack of MS point blank I can't get any more clear than what that definition is this is the first attack um it does tell you that people go on to never have another attack again people go on and never have MS but people also (laughs) go on and have an attack 
and it does eventually become MS. Now, during this time, I'm not, I'm not honestly thinking about MS. I'm not. I, in that moment, in those times, I couldn't think about the future. It took a lot. I honestly didn't think about the future a whole lot over the past four years, to be honest, because I was too focused on the pain that I was going through right now. There was no way that I could look past tomorrow. It just wasn't. Like, my thoughts were just pain. That's all I knew. Pain, pain, pain. What are you doing? Pain. (laughs) Work, no pain. I couldn't be at work a whole lot. It took me about two months to really get situated with work. And even when I got situated with work, I was frustrated. I was frustrated because I was in pain. I was frustrated because not only was I in pain, but the pain was affecting my cognitive abilities to even understand what my job was and what I was supposed to do. I was in pain. I was just Pain, 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 pain. Ooh, just fucking pain. And how do you think? How do you pray? How do you, how do you think about being there for anybody else when you can't think straight? You can't. You just can't. And it took a lot. It took a lot of strength it took a lot of prayer because one of the things I think about and it's a recurring one is um Corinthians second Corinthians 12 9 I actually pull it up because I actually am reading the book of Corinthians um during my devotion and stuff um 2 Corinthians 12, 9 talks about my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, and I'm going to honestly tell you, I was weak, both mentally, physically, emotionally. I was weak. That particular verse at that time didn't mean nothing to me. It didn't because I couldn't think about pulling out a Bible. I couldn't think about pulling out um, devotions and listening to a pastor. All I knew was pain. That's it. That's all I knew. And not only did I just go through that pain, I was put on daily medication to kind of just try to control the pain that I was going through from the first attack. See, I don't think they ever really stopped the first attack. Calmed it down a little bit, yes. But it didn't go anywhere. Because it was so bad. I was up to 2,200. And I mean 2,200 milligrams of Tylenol and ibuprofen in a day. Just to find some relief. Just to find a little bit of relief. I needed that relief. I needed something. So not only was I going through this pain, 
frustrated with work because I can't understand my work, even though I've been doing my work for eight years and I can't understand it. And I'm frustrated. I'm emotionally frustrated because don't nobody understand the pain that I'm going through. Nobody understood it. Nobody. And then I was too ashamed and too afraid to tell anybody. To tell anybody I'm struggling. To tell anybody I need help. That was hard for me. It still to this day is hard for me. I'm really, really stubborn. Um, I've grown to know that uh, but I think the first not even the first I know during those first few weeks after I came out the hospital one of the things I made a promise to myself was that I wasn't going to be a burden to anyone not my kids not my then my husband but my ex um, not my parents not my best friend not nobody I wasn't gonna be a burden I was gonna take care of myself and I would do it but see that's how the devil tricks you because the devil wants you isolated it took me a long time to figure that out the devil wants you isolated he wants you by yourself he don't want you to depend on nobody else He wants you to have that pride. He wants you to not lean on God. And I did. I didn't lean on God for nothing. (laughs) I I, I did probably go through, and it's not even a problem. I know I kind of went through why me moments. And we'll talk about why me moments um, eventually. But I know that I wasn't thinking to the point where I just didn't want to bother no one. So I would just take care of myself. It had gotten so bad that my marriage kind of basically imploded. Um, And we did. We went our separate ways. Um, I moved out. And one of the things that I was fearful the most of was the kids. how will they take it are they going to be hurt you know this is this is something that could really really hurt them you know their their parents is not together anymore that we're not going to be in the same house Aaron had already was in college or whatever but Aaron was at home every day and I fought with that. I fought with that battle of not seeing my little snuggle bum bombs every day. Like, I really struggled with that. Um, it took me to some dark moments. Because um, when I did, like I said, I did move out. Um, and by September, I had gained 50 pounds. And just to kind of give you an idea, um, <laughs> I weighed a hundred, if a hundred and one, and I do mean a big if. My whole life, up until I turned thirty-six, up until my first attack, I had two kids, and just as thin as can be, 
now don't get me wrong i love my body i love i've embraced it um i've lost weight here and there but where i'm at right now i'm my bmi is high so it would say i'm overweight but who the fuck everybody overweight at this point if you going by a bmi but whatever um but i at the time was just like you need to tell him my doctor you need to take me off these medicines because i'm gonna be a fat little pumpkin by christmas like three months 50 pounds like and i i was stress eating too so not only was i stress eating i was eating those little muffin bites oh and it's only like four of them in there and oh my god i would eat like three packages of them a day as breakfast just (laughs) just give me the damn muffins i really seriously had an issue with the muffins (laughs) but um I moved out in in September. That September, uh, I think it was September, October. Uh, Aaron had his first parent-teacher conference. I always go to the first one. Aaron has always had good grades. I don't really worry about him as much as far as school goes because I know if I need to get on him, I will. But I go to meet the teachers just to kind of give an idea. I know what I'm working with with him, but I'm also knowing and then you know as a teacher hey i mean we are his parents we're in his life we would like to know you and how you teach um and i went to it and she said i don't know what happened in september yeah it was october when i did the parent teacher conference i don't know what happened in september but she said aaron just lit up like a christmas tree he just started putting his hand up he started being outgoing he started talking to people and participating she was like i don't know what her exact words were i don't know what happened in september but he has become competitive he's trying he's doing this he's doing that he's participating and i felt like at that particular time in that particular moment god had spoke to me through her to tell me everything is gonna be okay veronica the boys are gonna be okay and i honestly can tell you i have not stressed about them if they're gonna be okay with the situation we were going through um anthony took it harder um but he came around um And I I realized you have to give people time to get used to the new normal. Um, They can't be on your time. The kids couldn't react because on my time, I want you to get over it right then and there. I told you, let it go. No. (laughs) They have to get over it through their time and their space. And Anthony needed that and he got it. And I didn't push uh, even with Aaron, I didn't push. I didn't try to make it more than what it was. Um, me and my ex are very good at not talking about each other. And there's no purpose of 
bashing each other. We don't hate each other. We're actually really good friends. I assume I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> um, I know if I needed something, I know he would do it for me, and I think that will always be a respect thing for both of us or whatever. Um, as we journey to different points in our lives, um, moving on to moving on with our lives I'll say it like that um so that part of my life with my boys made me be like it gave me a peaceful release I was literally a very peaceful release um because that was my concern I didn't give a damn about the pain no more I was concerned about the boys um And so as time went on, I was still again in and out of the hospital, in and out of the hospital. But one of the things I ended up doing is I got frustrated one day. One day I just, I got so frustrated and I was like, I'm in too much pain. So why not work out? If you're going to be in pain, might well work out. I know that don't make no damn sense, but to me, it helped me to focus on something other than the pain so if i want to do 30 crunches i focus on the crunches instead of the pain that's in my neck while i'm constantly trying to do a crunch i'm counting i'm focusing on the counting to 30. um and i started working out i started um it didn't stop the pain um, at all but I was able to manage it um, I started getting closer and my relationship with God started to come into play during these times because I was doing my devotion um, I was praying not praying dedicated praying but I was praying because um, I've grown to dedicated prayer now um but I will end the story at least this portion of the story right here um like I said at this time me and my ex had separated um I'm living in an apartment by myself I'm way too hard-headed to take help but I needed I needed it I needed it (laughs) I needed help Uh, and God told me my kids would be okay and I know he did and and they've been just fine (laughs) Um, even now four years later they've been good Um, so with this journey I want to end this background because like I said the background is my very first attack Uh, we'll continue to go on the journey it's more to come because there is a mental aspect emotional aspect of it a sexual aspect of it it all ties into this journey what do you do to numb the pain (laughs) what do you do 
exactly what do you do and it took me a long time but one of my devotions as a matter of fact I read today and I've read it before is about Paul Paul having this thorn that's what it was a thorn in his side God didn't remove that thorn and please correct me if I'm saying it wrong but I've heard the story uh, at least two or three times but I do know God never removed a thorn from Paul's side and it might not be Paul I don't know but (laughs) God allowed him to use that pain for purpose so have you ever experienced some physical element that never went away but the pain helped you to grow your relationship with God because see I can sit here and I can say I know there are plenty of times, and I mean plenty of times, I've prayed, God, take this pain away. God, take this disease away. God, stop putting lesions on my brain. (laughs) I'm tired. Um, But I didn't. All I know is that I asked for relief um, from the pain. I didn't ask for him to remove the pain. Now, I have asked him to put my pain in remission. Um, Yes, like cancer. Um, Because what I learned is that I have relapsing MS, which means I can have an attack anytime. Um, We will discuss how what are some of the effects of the side effects from the attacks what happens Um, but i want you to know that that pain this pain i didn't ask god to remove i've asked god to remove people from my life i've asked god to remove a heartache and heart and yeah heartache and pain from a breakup from my life but I didn't ask him to remove this pain and I know why now I didn't know why then but I do know now is that my pain was going to be used for a purpose so you'll continue to hear me talk about it um I hope it uplifts you. I hope by listening to some of this that it touches someone. That number one, you're not alone. Don't ever think you're alone. Don't ever let the devil tell you you have to be alone. Because you don't. You have the full authority the one the alpha and the omega and that is God and not only that there are people very good people in this world that will be there for you if you allow them um, and I had to learn that I'm still actually learning that 
learnings and allowing people, uh, letting people in to help me. Um, so I leave this here today. Um, next episode, we'll talk about was there a second chance in my marriage? And the pain that came with that. <laughs> um, and where God continues to take me on this journey. This big journey called life. So... Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you come back and listen some more. And you have a good rest of the night.